You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. That is probably the reason why I do concepts most of the time, because I, I like to have something to write about that I will decide earlier on, because if you just have like eight songs, for example, and yeah, I have to find eight subject matters that will connect with me in any way that I could write a whole thing. I, I don't really know if I can do it, but um, having a concept from start to finish is pretty cool. Luckily, with Depths of Hatred, the whole order of the album was chosen before I joined. So I was lucky enough to just be like, oh, well, good. I can write the whole thing in order. Hey, what's up, Vox and Hops heads? I'm Matt, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, brought to you by Sound Talent Media, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians to talk about their lives, music, and craft beer. I hope you had a glorious weekend. I most certainly did. This Vox and Hops episode is presented by Heavy Montreal. Heavy Montreal is Montreal's premier metal promoter. They put on a bunch of sick shows throughout the year. But more than that, they also put on one of North America's best metal festivals. And this is the absolute truth. Trust me when I say this, because I have played festivals all across the globe, and Heavy Montreal is up there with the best of them. Heavy Montreal has just added a brand new show coming up this fall. They got Ice Kills 9 coming on December 3rd at Theatre Corona. If you want to go to this show, you better get your tickets soon because this thing will sell out. I am so, so stoked to have Heavy Montreal behind the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast. I'm also very stoked to announce that I have teamed up with Indie Merch Store to bring you the official Vox and Hops Merch Store. Indie Merch makes the best merchandise. I have been working with them for years with Cryptopsy, so it was an easy choice to choose who I wanted to set up Vox and Hops' merch store with. You can head on over to my website, voxandhops.com slash merch. That's V-O-X-A-N-D-H-O-P-S dot com slash merch to check out the full line of official Vox and Hops merchandise. When you are checking out, don't forget to use the promo code VOXHOPS10, that's V-O-X-H-O-P-S-1-0, and you will save 10% off of your entire order. Now, before we jump into today's episode, I would just like to ask you to follow the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast on the podcast platform of your choice. But more than that, I'm also asking you to tell a friend about the podcast. If there is someone in your life that loves metal and craft beer, tell them to listen to Vox and Hops. You can tell them that there are over 280 episodes available on their favorite podcast platform with the world's best metal artists talking about their life, metal, and craft beer. If you were to encourage one of your friends to become a future Vox and Hops head, that would be something that I would truly appreciate. Now, on today's episode, I'm with Will Arsenault of Depths of Hatred and Shape the Above. Get ready, everyone. This is Vox and Hops episode number 287. I warn you, what you are about to hear is very disturbing indeed. Hey, what's up, everyone? Today I'm with Will Arsenault of Depths of Hatred. He also plays in the Shape the Above. Will, we're both from Montreal, but we have never actually met. Now, how is that? How is that possible? Two metalheads from an epic metal city have never crossed paths. I, I really don't know. I... I as I said earlier, I saw you guys like a bunch, and I know Ollie and I know Chris. I just never talked to you. I don't know why. How's that? Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> it's one of those strange circumstances of yeah. being from such an epic city with so many amazing musicians. We have to hang out on Zoom yeah. and, and, and interview you. 
so that we can have a conversation for the first time. Well, you know, if 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 that's what it takes, I'll take it. I'll meet you one day. I'm probably <laughs> sure that we'll we'll have shows once again. <laughs> That the Absolutely. opportunity will be there, and we'll grab a beer in person. That'd be great. At least one. At uh, least let's one. dance into darker territory before we go into the meat of this interview. Uh, let's talk about how you coped with the glorious year that is now far behind us, but is trailing on uh, the glorious year of 2020. Well, uh, that's a <laughs> loaded question, I would say. But uh, Coping, I would. I, I, I drank a lot more beer than I used to. I used to not really drink at all. Like at home, I, I just hung out, you know. At, yeah, at home. And now, since I can go out, I can spend money on just like hanging out with friends. I decided to buy beer that I enjoyed at home. So yeah, that is one thing. And it, yeah, I tried to write music, stay occupied, and you know, keep my time busy. I wrote an album for my other project, Shape the Above. So that was cool. Um, and Deaths of Hatred, I, I did a lot of videos and instilled with the whole pandemic thick, uh, p- pandemic thing. It was, it was you know, challenging, but uh tried to keep, yeah, everything moving. But it, it sucks. It was awful. <laughs> it's difficult. It's, it's very difficult for artists not to be able to get out there and connect with our fans in a, yeah. in a human way. It's, it's very strange to not be able to perform. And even for myself, Cryptopsy, our last show was in July of 2019. So, so it's been dragging on for quite some time. We're approaching the two year mark of me not performing on stage. It's, it's crazy. So, so I understand that it's difficult and we tend to, to fall back onto things that we enjoy, such as beautiful craft beer and Vox and Hops is all about hanging out with my metal friends, talking about their lives, music, and craft beer. What beer do you have on your side tonight that we will be sharing virtually? Well, I have two beers, just to be sure. I, I'm pretty sure I'll drink only one. <laughs> I have the um, Toile Nordic from Brewski and Boreal. That beer's sick. I kept it basically for today. <laughs> yes. I got four, and I was like, yeah, I'll keep one. I'll enjoy it with Matt. <laughs> It's a killer brew, and both of those breweries are Vox and Hops alumni. It makes me so happy when I see alumni collaborating together, and that's an epic thing to get Brewski out of the old port. I love that they brew and you have to go there and it's an experience that you have to go to the brew pub, but the fact that when Boreal, this mammoth company, handpicks these collabs with smaller breweries that don't get the distribution, such as Brewski, and a little bit before they did one with Masorum Brassatorium. That one was, uh, yeah, oh. Which, yeah. <laughs> oh, damn, that one was so good. <laughs> so so this one that you are drinking, uh, show everyone the, the can art because it's, it's super sick because it's it's a, a total cult icon. It's, it's Bob Ross, right? That's his name. The, <laughs> yeah. The, the mythical painting dude from the 80s, 90s, except he's all fucked up. Oh, yeah, he is. People have been saying that he's, he's kind of a mix between Bob Ross and, um, do you know Duck Mayu? The, the kind Ooh, of no, psychologist. I well, I don't know. I think he was a doctor or something, and he does like radio shows. He's pretty messed up, but he has a beard, a beard, gray beard, and a fluffy hair as that. So he kind of looks <laughs> like that as well, but I don't know. <laughs> so, so Bob and Bob Ross has the monocle because because Bruski always has a monocle on their can arts, and he's painting the big uh, polar bear from Boreal. It's a really really cool, and it's high ABV. Yeah, well, what style of beer is that? I don't remember. It's 8.8. It, it, it is an IPA, I think. Yeah, it is. I'm pretty sure. It's not written. Oh, a double IPA, style in New England. So it's a New England IPA. 
double New England IPA, yeah. 8.8% ABV and does not taste it. Nope, uh, I'm it matching not. you. I'm not quite there, but this is another brew that I really enjoy in that same vein. This is a Kanawaki Brewing oh. Company's Monkey Dog, 8.4%, double New England as well. Damn. Uh, this can art was uh, created by Philip Ivanovic, also a Boston oh. alumni. Yeah. Super cool dude. Uh, he designed the artwork for Brutal North America. Yeah. And he's designed a bunch of stuff for Kanawaki since I teamed him up with Drew, the brewer from Kanawaki, to do the crisp topsy uh, artwork. Uh, good people work together. I love putting people together. It's, it's what I love to do. Let's crack these. Let's pour these out. Let's see what these brews got. And then we'll do a cheers and then we'll, we'll keep going. It's open bind. <laughs> oh, man, I'm stoked to taste it. It's been a while, but yeah, I, I really like I really like Boreal, what they've done, you know, as you said, with the um, collabs. It's really cool because, yeah, I got to buy some Brewski and some Messerim, like, at my corner store, like, near my place. So that was really exciting. And I remember, like, just leaving because I, I'm able to work from home right now since the whole thing. And on my lunch break, I was just like, oh, they, they received it, just went in, lunch <laughs> break, and bought a beer. So, Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Cheers. This is probably Cheers. one of my favorite New Englands from uh, Kanawaki. Never tasted Ooh. it. It's amazing. Ooh. Um, yeah. It's uh, a juicy, delicious, um, super, almost a little tangy. Uh, the color really is great. fantastic haze. Yeah. Uh, Drew, their brewery, is a really fantastic haze brewery. It's worth the trip to go out to Kanawaki. You can only get it there. Okay, I need to go now. <laughs> I need to go there. Oh, yeah, it's totally worth the trip. Yeah, now, going backwards in your life with beer, you mentioned before the pandemic you weren't that much of a beer, um, avid beer consumer Yeah, uh, as you were before, but tell me about your very first beer. Oof, oh, my God. I don't think I remember it. <laughs> For real. Um, uh, I would have maybe two answers. Probably, probably a Budweiser or something like that because it's with... You know, it's available everywhere. You prob I probably bought it with some of my friends and then we drank it, but I really don't remember. I think it might have been as well a um, Alexander Keith. You know, they have like the yeah. IPAs one. Yeah. Because my, my grandpa, uh, at home, we only had this type of beer, basically. It was the only one that we had because my grandpa drank it, a, not a lot, but when we came, that when he came at our place, it, it's basically the, the the drink of choice. So I think it might have been that one. Probably my dad was like, oh, yeah, take one. Oh, and I was excited that I'll be drinking a beer with my father. So it was basically a big moment. Yeah. But um, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I don't re remember the exact moment nor my age, but still, I'm fairly sure it was one of those. Whenever Cryptopsy goes on tour in Canada, we put, you know, we like IPAs. This is a few years ago. And we would always put do not give us alexander keats because it's not an ipa i don't believe that it is <laughs> it is a complete lie i remember seeing like ipa was like what but because when i first knew of ipas and then i realized that this was c categorized as an ipa it was like yeah no absolutely not <laughs> absolutely not Wait, it's, it's on the rider it's like except alexander keats we we don't want that but it's funny because i used to drink a lot of it growing up um, yeah well i think it's kind of a beer that yeah, it's it's okay. It's not that bad, but yeah, it's not it's not IPAs. That's once once your your craft beer palate evolves, it's yeah. it's you're in a different world. So that's where I'm curious. What what beer would be the beer that showed you that beer could be something more? That one I do remember. I was um, allegedly 
illegal, <laughs> allegedly. <laughs> yeah, I was. Um, some may consider. Yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, I was. Um, we went to a bar with some of my friends, and I remember like watching the menu, seeing uh, Blanche de Chambly, and never, like, never tasted it. So we were all like, "Yeah, why not? Let's taste it." And it was before Unibrust. Um, I think they sold to Molson. I don't really remember, but um, I think they, they sold to Molson. They sold to Sapporo. Okay, yeah. Well, which is I, different yeah but, I, I but also they, also a big huge con- conglomerate came in yes so basically that was the first one that i like realized that i could enjoy drinking beer and that it was a world that i, I needed to explore but yeah this this was absolutely the first one that i fell in love with and then after a while it got to a point where oh stouts oh ipas and then the whole thing opened up a lot more. Amazing. Amazing. Let's talk about the soundtrack of your youth. When you were growing up in your parents or guardian's house, what music was playing when you were not in control of the music? What music did your parents or guardians listen to? A lot of rock, basically. I, I've never... My, my Both my parents... My parents are separated, so I had two households. But um, my dad was mostly like old school rock. So like the purple, Pink Floyd, um, little bit of the Beatles. Like, um, what else? Well, a lot of those types of bands, you know, and my mom was like David Bowie, even Metallica and stuff like that. So she, I remember as a young, young, young kid, she had a like bootleg CD of old Metallica songs that I never, not the Black Album necessarily, but um, um, like songs from um, And Justice For All and stuff like that. So I, w- I was exposed to that type of music for since I was pretty young. But um, yeah, it was mostly rock, old school thing. I never really cared too much about it when I was really young. But after a while, it got to, I think it forged me into this uh, metal <laughs> listening kid. <laughs> what would have been the band that was your band, your uh, first love, the one that you, you couldn't live without, that you were obsessed with? The first one that I was obsessed. That, well, yeah. Okay, yeah. It was the first one that I, my, on my own discovered was lincoln park with the mm. um hybrid theories that's the first album yeah, i think and meteora is, yeah. i think so both yeah. of those records i bought well i asked my dad to buy him for me buy him for me uh when i was seven or eight i really don't remember and uh but yeah that was the first one and that's my first second show that i saw but the first one that i like really enjoyed being there but yeah i was obsessed with lincoln park when i was a kid <laughs> You know that I covered them right back in the day. I was a new metal child, and <laughs> and my band definitely covered One Step Closer oh, back yeah. in the day. Okay, yeah, the good old stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but those those records were are they're still good. I recently I I jammed a couple. Of, they re released yeah. Hybrid Theory. Oh, damn. This yeah, past of course. Year. It's, it was it's, great. It's a, it's a great record. It's still to this day the, the whole thing is. The vocals are amazing. The the, the 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 music's pretty good. You know, it's cool. It's great. It might first... not be extreme death metal, but the songwriting is there. Still, <laughs> you, you don't need to only listen to brutal death metal. You can listen to a lot of different stuff. For example, right now I'm listening to the new J Cole album, and I don't care. Mm. It's real good, but it's not death metal. <laughs> it's important to have a varied palate. Yeah. As with beer, you you can't just drink one style of beer. You can't just yeah. listen to one style of music. You have to have a vast array so that you can get inspired to do a bunch of other things as well. Yeah, it gets boring. Um, if if you don't if you only drink IPAs it's fun it's good but or uh, even worse if you drink the only I, like only one IPA if I had 
this one for the rest of my life, I'd be like, okay, can I have like maybe water or something? Yeah. <laughs> 8.8. I should have mm-hmm. chosen a lower one, but <laughs> you just mentioned that I was curious about what your first live music experience was. So it was Lickin' Park? Uh, no, actually. My dad brought me to see um, Bon Jovi when I was like even yes. younger. That was cool. That was cool. I remember really liking Bon Jovi. Um, I don't know why. I think it was like, uh, which song? Uh, well, one of those. <laughs> I, I really don't remember. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it was it was the first gig that I saw at, at Bell Center, and uh, I really liked it. I remember asking my dad, "How loud will it be? Will it be?" <laughs> and we were in the car, and he cranked it up, and I was like, "Oh wow, cool!" <laughs> but yeah, it was great. I also saw him. I think I've only seen him once. I think it was with a punk band opening. Like it was a weird bill. Okay. Like, like yeah. L- less than jake opened or something it made no sense okay yeah and, and with bon jovi it was something like that it was it was like a weird popular punk band touring with bon jovi playing the bell center the huge arena here in montreal was it dash i don't remember I, I, man when was it approximately <laughs> like oh. it was like 20 years ago <laughs> that was that was probably the the show that that's, i went to that's why i'm bringing it up because yeah that was probably <laughs> it I, I i sadly i was way too young to remember the first band that was i don't even i i kind of remember the show but i all i remember is that i was with this girl and she's i won't name names uh, i've known her a long time and and she was enjoying the beer that was you oh know, my god available there and and they didn't play bed of roses that night and she was very upset and after the gig <laughs> she hunted out bon jovi she was going around the building my god <laughs> trying they to find bon jovi because they didn't oh no play oh roses. no oh no that is oh no that is, oh my god him, but that's but, like if somebody came to you and were like hey, you guys didn't play enough songs from non soval and like what the fuck yeah. <laughs> like no no <laughs> what's up we we play five. I think I think that's enough. That's enough. You, you play a you you have a whole catalog of like six songs. Not man. Yeah, that's one thing that I don't really. Well, I'm kind of yeah, I'm kind of guilty of that as well. Sometimes I, I see a band, I'm like, yeah, they should have played that song. <laughs> but still, yeah, yeah, we're all humans. We all have our opinions, right? Yeah, but, but it's it's fun. Some, some people should keep them to themselves. Uh, that's mm-hmm, that is absolutely true. How about your first time on stage? Mm. this one i do remember i started playing guitar when i was 14 then i got a band with some of my friends and we were playing covers and at my school i went to a private school that had like a Mm. rehearsal space basically so we could amazing yeah that was cool so we could sign up and basically play in our lunch break and stuff like that and after school so we jammed there playing like metallica songs we played three songs that's it and then we signed well when we signed up for the um rehearsal space we had a contract that at the end of the year we had to perform do a live show so we had basically the whole like gymnasium in our school that like, all the parents were there friends and amazing it was really fun and um we played in front of like 150 people or something like that for my first show and we we killed it i don't want to be like oh we we for real we killed it <laughs> it was wow, so if you fun. practice you practice three songs all yeah. year long you're bound to kill it what what songs do you remember the song yeah it was for whom the bell tolls no we started with arvester of sorrow from metal those are all metallica songs as i said arvester of sorrow for whom the bell tolls and uh, master of puppets 
So Amazing. those three <laughs> songs and we killed it. And we had, um, do you know, um, in the metal scene, like Tribunal, the, the stupid brand the, from, um, yeah, they're from Montreal and they play like, I don't know, like grindcore, death metal. And they yeah, sing I in should, French. I should know them. Do you I know, know um, well, do you know, uh, Laurent Belmar, he sings in, um, the name sounds, he, he plays in a basalt and, um, Sirox, I think he sings in Sirox. That one, yeah, that, that yeah. resonates. And, yeah. uh, and um, Sutra as well. So he sings yes. in that one. So, yes. yeah, he, he was, he is the vocalist of that stupid band, and they were really? playing that shows as well. So, yeah. It's a small, beautiful, beautiful world. Yeah. The metal uh, scene is pretty tight. Yeah, a lot of people know each other. So, which is exactly where we wanted to go. I wanted to talk about being from Montreal. It's, it's such a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I consider myself lucky being from Montreal growing up in this very unique scene where so many bands have made it now doing this podcast for so long and touring getting asked this question all the time I've narrowed it down to why (laughs) (laughs) Montreal has such a vibrant scene but I'm curious to know your experience Um, how grateful are you to have grown up and become a metal musician from Montreal Uh, man it's it's really great for real i'm i consider myself to be extremely lucky because i've met a lot of people that i looked up to and now i would consider like friends i remember being like quite young and um knowing about like martyr you know the band martyr with that yeah, yeah. yeah of course and bring uh, it back yeah bring it back <laughs> of course dude those guys are like one of my favorite bands so but i remember seeing them when i was like underage and being like oh my god and just be able to see those guys like live not a lot of people will have the opportunity to do so and just have like the chance to have a chat with Luc Lemay just just for fun mm-hmm. so it's really cool in that way and then you know you get to play shows meet a lot of people and then you you just develop this kind of you know friendship with a lot of people it's it's a great scene and there is so many bands that are way too sick that are from here i can't believe to comprehend how how like you guys cryptopsy for example i i remember when i was quite young being like damn this bed is sick now you know i'm talking to you i'm talking to chris like sometimes you know it's great but montreal is quite the city for metal it's it's it's, it's great for fun electrics the shit man <laughs> I, love, I love this place it smells it's great <laughs> can't wait to be back there oh ah, dude i like to go there better when it's dark though yeah, no. When the lights are on at Fufsa, it, it it loses its mystique. Yeah, there's when <laughs> when you're there and there's light, it's you're in for trouble. There's not mm. when you show up like early in the day and you see what really is going on there. It's like I'll come back later when yeah. it's darker. <laughs> I, I won't I won't sit there next time. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I just I just learned recently that they they served um, IPs in August. Yes, it, it, I've, I've used it on many, many Vox and Hops episodes. It was a savior when I realized that they had Boreal's and August on tap there. And I hope that they do again when they open up and people start coming back. Uh, that would be great. That would be because it made my life very easy trying to organize Vox and Hops episodes with art, which are with artists that were playing there. Uh, I yeah. did multiple, multiple interviews backstage at Fuffs with Boreal's and August. This beer is like, the, it's the shit. It, it's we were talking a little bit earlier about the first beer that you know, like the Blanche de Chambly, but IPAs in August. I remember drinking that one, being amazed that it was Boreal, 
I couldn't yeah. believe it. And then it became, it is probably one of my favorite beers just because it's so much. It's, it's, first of all, it's available almost everywhere. Yeah. And it's so good. It's consistent, consistently good. So, but yeah. Why about two today? No, I, I, had, I had one at my place. I was like, oh, should, should I drink that one? But no. <laughs> I bought two today and the, the whole Gabriel Zulon, the dude, the brewer from. Yeah. Uh, Boreal episode that I did with him. I just praised him the whole time for changing the Quebec craft beer scene. Yeah, but he beer. did. He absolutely <laughs> did. I I listened to that episode so when I saw it was released. I was like, oh shit! I'll listen to it from his garage to to you know every beer store across Quebec. <laughs> Hey, what's up, Vox and Hopsins? I just want to take a little moment about Cryptopsy's upcoming tours. That's right, I'm talking about the Scream of Perseverance tour and our headliner dates that coincide with that tour called As Summer Burns. The Scream of Perseverance tour is kicking off at the end of May and runs all the way until the end of June. We are supporting the mighty death to all. We are going all over the United States and we are hitting some of Canada. So excited to be honoring the legendary music of death alongside amazing musicians that performed on these albums. Even more stoked to be doing some headliner dates in some cities that I've actually never played in. If you are planning to come to any of these shows, you should definitely grab your tickets by going to voxandhops.com slash summer and you will be able to grab all of your tickets there. That's voxandhops.com slash summer. Do it, people. Come hang out with me. Enjoy life, metal, and craft beer in your hometown. Come to a show. We're going to have a great time. Now, enough about all of that. Let's get back to the episode. Let's talk about Inheritance, the brand yeah. new Depths of Hatred album. Came out via Prosthetic Records on March 19th. Uh, this is a massive record, huge record release for you. Your first um, record as solely a vocalist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That must have been an, an interesting transition. Um, first record with the band, uh, Chris Donaldson. Uh, recorded the drums and your vocals. He uh, mixed and mastered it. I love working with Chris. So let's talk about Inheritance. Let's talk about, first off, joining the band. I don't want to hear like how you joined the band. I want to hear about <laughs> your mindset going from not being behind the guitar to being just a vocalist. That's something that interests me. Yeah, yeah, it's, it is. It's really... Uh, by the way, thank you for, <laughs> for all of that, that praise. But yeah, it was... Um, it, not a challenge because it's a lot less difficult to just pick up a mic and then do vocals mm. but it is a different approach i would say and it's a different live experience as well but um yeah when i joined it was basically just oh do you guys want to let me do like anything are you guys willing to just like for me to try shit out and they were like of course we even they asked me to do clean vocals on the album and i was like oh well why not let's let's do it as you did with <laughs> that uh, yes. famous cryptopsy record that i don't feel the like the album sh- des- shall not be named i don't <laughs> feel that it deserved that hate but yeah um <laughs> but yeah um the approach is the exact same i don't write like in thinking that i that i won't be playing guitar i just do the best i, I try to serve the song as well as i can but um, it wasn't that strange because when I joined Shape the Above, my other project, for I started as the only a vo- vocalist. I wasn't playing guitar. It took a couple uh, of years for me to transition towards playing guitar. Okay, okay. I thought so, you were always playing guitar and then that was vocalizing. Because I know that like people that write <laughs> riffs and then you you're you're playing, so you have <laughs> to focus on playing and then being able to sing. So as a vocalist, we can do whatever the fuck we want. Exactly. It doesn't 
depend upon the time signature or what's going on technically here. So I was curious to see if you had to, you, you felt more free in this project because yeah. you could do whatever the hell you want because it doesn't <laughs> matter what's happening on the guitar. In a way, yes, because I could just, I could just have fun and just try different things out. But at the same time, it, I wouldn't say that it was um, different, strangely, because I do the it, the process of me writing material, well, not material, but my vocal lines and vocal patterns were the exact same that I do with shape. For real. I, I wrote like, I could practically sing those songs and play guitar at the same time as well. But uh, I, don't, I don't know. I never tried it and I won't try it. Because <laughs> why would I? But it's a lot more, it's, it's really cool to be able to just sing live and just move around and yell at people it's it's fun it's really cool <laughs> uh how about uh you know big label prosthetic yeah. and then in the middle of a pandemic that was uh yeah that was all that, le- that led to the drinking but but oh well, yeah yeah I, I got drunk every <laughs> night no, no. <laughs> but um yeah the problem with that is that i recorded my last vocal session i would say was in february of 2020 so right mm. before it all fucked up Mm-hmm. so it kind of sucked because we didn't know what to do we started mixing the album and we were like yeah when will this record be available will be will we postpone the whole thing or will we still release it what about shows what about tour and yeah i've never even played in canada with that band i've only been in one tour and that's it so it, yeah on that end it sucked and i'm just yeah it sucked for real because i want to play shows i want to you know play those songs live and never we never had the chance to do so but in a way you know we'll we'll be able to do it in a couple of months i say maybe one year i don't know let's hope so so yeah uh but the the label was fairly nice they were just like oh yeah we'll, we'll release it whenever well they had a date but still they weren't the ones that pushed it too much we basically worked with them it was fairly smooth but it just sucked that we couldn't do anything with the release of the album so but still i'm, I'm still proud of it and i i can't wait to play live <laughs> uh let's talk about working with donaldson um i love working with chris uh, he's my favorite vocal producer to work with uh talk me through your experience had you worked with them before um what was your experience like being in the studio with chris donaldson it was for real it was really fun because I, I've heard of Chris a lot, a lot in the past. I kind of always wanted to work with him, but I never did. So it was my first experience with him. But um, I, yeah, I talked to him a, a little bit before. But when we recorded, we kind of bonded a little bit more. We're like, oh, okay, yeah, he's really cool. He's just, he's just not like this mighty producer or the guitar player from Cryptopsy. <laughs> so we became kind of friends. You know, he's a big ipa fan as well he, int- he introduced me to mesorem by the way <laughs> hmm. but um yeah it, it was really great it was smooth but at the same time i really like his approach he's quick he's efficient and he pushes you just enough he's like oh no do it again that that one sucked do it again i like being told that i suck because i need to work harder um but yeah he was it was smooth a couple of sessions here and there, you know, I could work and then go do my vocal tracks. It was all around. It was one of my favorite experience in the studio and it, it, it came out great. It came out great. I really, really enjoy what it, what we did. And he's a fun guy. <laughs> he's amazing. He's, yeah. he's, 
the best to work with. I hate working with producers that go, what did you think? Oh, no, it's that's like, the worst. Dude, you're in the chair for a reason. If I didn't like what I just did, I would have told you to press record again. Yeah. No, exactly. <laughs> I like that he gives his opinion about stuff. He's just like, no, you can't do better. And sometimes what I really enjoyed is I went like a little bit lower and it was like, oh, yeah, do that again. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. And he gets okay. all excited, right? Yeah. You know, he gets, yeah, he he gets that. <laughs> but yeah, that, not once, not once he told me like, oh, did, what, what did you think? He was like, no, nah, mm-hmm. let's do it again. So. I don't like that. <laughs> yeah, I don't as well. Um, I'm very lucky that I have the podcast that I get to uh, hang out with metal musicians and talk to you. Um, this is how I've been filling the void of performing. I get that same still little, you know, excitement. Am I prepared enough? Uh, is Am I going to connect with this person? Are they going to connect? So I get that same little vibe right before stepping on stage. So how have you been filling the void? You mentioned that you've been writing a new record for Shape the Above. What else have you been up to? Well, uh, right now, not a whole lot. We've not, you know, I haven't, well, now I, I did, but we, with Shape and Depths of Hatred, we haven't rehearsed in like eight months or so. It's been quite a long time, but um, uh, whatever. I don't know. What, yeah, I wrote an album. That was it. But I wrote it like in 2020. So it's been a long time and I still am trying to like change things up, maybe write a little bit of vocals. But now I just try to hang out with friends and like as much as I, well, I can't really, but now we can have a beer or stuff. I can have that social interaction a little bit, but no. Uh, and the music thing right now is a little bit too quiet for me, I would say. <laughs> I'm not doing a lot. Is it like because you're, you you know that you're going to be on tour for the rest of your life as soon as they l- allow us to go out there? <laughs> not really, because that's kind of what I want. I kind of want to go on tour. I kind of want to do shows. But now I, I just try to, you know, have a little bit of quiet moments before the storm. But yeah, I'm starting to rehearse again. So that's really fun. I, you know, we can work on the songs that I've written because it's, it's cool writing music, but it's not the same as like performing the music or no building the whole album because I'm only the guitar player and the vocalist. So I basically write the main, like, the thing. skeleton. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But we still need to put meat into the whole yeah. thing. So, but yeah, I, I kind of suck right now. I, I should be working a little bit more on music. I should. <laughs> <laughs> Here's my mission for you. Tomorrow and the next few days, start working on music again. I should, yeah, I will. <laughs> I will write. Uh, I, I right now I'm been, I've been uh, writing a little. Well, I say that I don't work on music, but that's not really true. I've been working on a- acoustic stuff, but yeah. that's not really metal. So I, that's why I wasn't. Well, it's, really an, talking. it's another sphere of that palette we were talking yeah. about earlier. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I've been writing a little bit of that, you know, old song that I've had that I've shelved quite a long time ago that I was just like, oh yeah, let's work on that. But um, it's not too serious. But yeah, I should start to write, probably I should write lyrics for the new Shave the Above. (laughs) It should be something that I do. Yeah. That's a mountain. That's a mountain. It's the worst mountain. It's like you're you're sitting there and you see the mountain, you know you have to climb the mountain. You have to get on the other side of the mountain, but you need to pack your bags before you can get up there. Exactly. So, so you're packing your bags right now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm figuring it, figuring it out. Oh, where, where should I go? 
but and I have a bad <laughs> habit to start to uh, I start to write like concept albums. So the whole thing is linked. You know, I love that. Yeah. yeah. The, but the new um, Depths of Hatred record is a concept album when it comes to the lyrical side. So the Amazing. whole thing is linked. The other record from Shade the Above that I did was exactly that a whole concept. So the whole thing is you know it's really fun to do so and it's really challenging but i really like that i find it much more easier unless it has to go in a certain order yeah if it has to go in a particular order and you've written the story that way then it's very stressful and yeah. the band is like no no this song is not song two it's song eight and you're like motherfuckers <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm kind of at that point right now i'm, I'm trying to convince the guy of the order that i have but it's not like a hundred percent confirmed. But I'll I'll try to make it work. But uh, yeah, it's not it's not easy. That's but, that's difficult. That but to have like a skeleton, like like a mm-hmm. umbrella concept, which is what I always work with, okay. and everything falls in that and doesn't have to be linear, is freeing. And that's I but I yeah. love working with a concept because. I feel like I, I need direction when I'm writing rec- uh, yeah. lyrics for a record. If not, I feel like I could write about anything mm-hmm. and it might sound like it's very fragmented and, and spastic and I don't want it to be that. That is probably the reason why I do concepts most of the time because I, I like to have something to write about that I will mm-hmm. decide earlier on because if you just have like eight songs, for example, and yet, yeah, I have to fight eight, find eight subject matters that will connect with me in any way that I could write a whole thing... I, I don't really know if I can do it, but um, having a concept from start to finish is pretty cool. And uh, but luckily with Depths of Hatred, the whole album, the old order of the album was chosen before I joined, so I was lucky enough to just be like, "Oh well, good, I can write the whole thing in order." Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, concepts are really cool. <laughs> I, I love it. I love it. Since I realized I could do that, it was so freeing. Freeing in, in the aspect of the the pressure yeah. to to come up with so many good topics for each song Mm -hmm. you know cannibal corpse nailed it early on it's like it's gonna be gory it's gonna be amazing (laughs) it it really does but you guys like um the last record well the eps that you did are conceptual as well yes yes yes. I, i didn't know that that's great that's real cool and we have uh There'll be another EP, but there's an album before that, which is, will also be conceptual that Fuck I've come yeah. up with the concept with before the pandemic hit. And oh. I'm waiting to write some lyrics to that. Let's talk about a dream tour to launch Inheritance for Depths Ooh. of Hatred. Who would be on that package? Let's say there's four bands, including okay. you guys. The okay. perfect tour package to showcase Depths of Hatred to the world. So you're not headlining. You guys can, you can if you want, but, but nah. who would, what would be the best package to put you in front of the best metal fans? That is, uh, man, that is a good question. I don't really know. I'm not, the thing is I'm in a deathcore band, which, well, yeah, I am in a deathcore band, but I'm not really that much into deathcore, but I do have a couple of bands that I think would be amazing. First of all, Diodor's Murder would be great. I'm pretty sure those guys would have lined. Because they're yes. massive, huge <laughs> fucking band, and I, I know um, Jesse, the drummer. Now he's, yeah, he's, he's a friend of mine, so that's he pretty likes cool. Craft beer too, apparently. Yeah, yeah. He, 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 I drank a couple of you know stouts with him way back when he was in Blackcomb Initiate. So, mm-hmm. and um, I think Fit for an Autopsy would be one because they do have kind of some cleans, and they are pretty heavy, pretty deathcore, but kind of death metal as well. Um, and what else, man? Uh, 
uh, let's go with Brand of Sacrifice. I went on tour with those guys. Oh, They're yeah. sweet. So let's go. Let's yeah, go with them. Amazing. But that That's tour a good would package be, right there. That tour would be completely dumb. I would cry. I would basically shit my little pants. So <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing. I love that. Um, I just organized a massive collab project called oh, North America. I know. Uh, 22 unique beers dropped all across the United States and Canada, uh, where I paired metal bands with metal breweries to create unique beers. So if you were to be a part of Brutal North America, what beer would be for depths of hatred what 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 style of beer and what would you call it oh the the name i don't really know i'm fairly sure it would be an ipa since almost every one of the guys love ipas so i i think it would be a new england ipa because it's mainly what we kind of all dig and um what would be the name depths of ipas i don't know <laughs> and, well i for real i don't know um uh man do we have a record that starts with i i, I don't know <laughs> for real probably yeah depths of ipas why not why not Depths of hops. Depths of hops. Depths of hops. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. It was, it was just waiting to be said. I yeah, I was just like <laughs> trying to. The whole answer was really running fast in my head right now. <laughs> but we, we know, dude. If we do a hot sauce one day, it would be depths of hatred. Why? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Depths of hatred. That would be good. <laughs> Amazing. I love that. Uh, let's wrap this up. Classic Vox and Hops wrap-up question. Uh, it probably doesn't happen to you very often before the pandemic, but throughout the pandemic, it probably happened to you a little bit more than you wanted it to happen to because you were enjoying a few more beers than before. What is your hangover cure? Sleep. For real. <laughs> that is the only way that I feel better. I need to sleep. But if, if I'm not, if I need to do something and I can't, for sure, a big old like bottle of water, like a 1.5 liters right before you go to bed. You drink that whole thing up and then you go pee and then you're good. Yep. And, <laughs> and probably that, that is absolutely the best. And maybe eat a little bit of something before you go to bed because it's kind of helps with the alcohol poisoning that is in you. <laughs> uh, but yeah, sleeping in water. That's the only real remedy basically for a hangover because what else could you do working out is good as well but i i, I haven't worked out in a while so <laughs> <laughs> sleep in water people yeah the words of wisdom from will or maybe crack a cold one again <laughs> that is another way to do that is delaying the hangover to the next day <laughs> it's it's it builds up a massive hangover at the end of the week so <laughs> Or at the end of the pandemic. Uh, oh, <laughs> one year worth of a hangover. That'd be, yeah, that'd be hard. <laughs> Will, thank you so, so much for taking the time talking to me about your life, metal, and craft beer. I am very stoked we got to connect finally. Everyone, yeah. go listen to Depths of Hatred, Inheritance. It dropped March 19th via Prosthetic Records. It's a banger of an album. And uh, get ready for that new Shape the Above record, which Fuck is yeah. uh, it's coming. It's coming, people. It's coming. Will, thank you so, so much. Well, thanks to you, man. For real, it's been an honor. Thank, thank you for having me. Cheers. Hey, thank you all so, so much for listening right to the end. You know that I love and appreciate that. I had such a blast connecting with Will. Insane that we both live in Montreal, a 
beautiful metal city and we've never actually crossed paths before. Very stoked that we had the opportunity to connect for this interview. I know that we are going to hang out again in the future and have a great, great time together. If you enjoyed this Vox and Hops episode, you should sign up to the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast mailing list. You could do that on my website, voxandhops.com. That's V-O-X-A-N-D-H-O-P-S.com. And when you do that, you shall receive one email a week containing all of the details of everything that has happened throughout the past week in the world of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast. So please, please do me a favor. Sign up to the Vox and Hops mailing list. There is just so much going on in the world of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast. I would hate for you to miss a single thing. The Vox and Hops Metal Podcast is brought to you by Sound Talent Media. I have two more episodes coming up this week, one on Thursday and another on Friday. But until then, remember to enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. Cheers, Vox and Hops heads. This is Krista Makes, guitarist and vocalist for Less Than Jake, and host of Krista Makes a Podcast, a songwriting podcast where every week I'm joined by an amazing guest to break down the writing, recording, and release of one iconic song from their career. In our giant evergreen back catalog of episodes, we've had rock legends such as Dee Snyder and Huey Lewis, punk rock favorites like Mark Hoppus, Fat Mike, and Brett Gurowitz, and up-and-coming artists of today such as Liz Stokes of The Beths and Genesis Owusu. We've had guests from all genres and styles of music, and I guarantee that if you peruse our back catalog, you'll see several episodes that'll make you say, man, I gotta hear that. Whether you're a fan of music or a creator of music yourself, you'll take away a whole new appreciation for the songs you know and love. Chris Makes a Podcast is available for free on all the places you could possibly listen to podcasts, and new episodes come out every Monday.